fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final Hey everybody, welcome to big episode number 52 of the Fantasy Fullback Dive, brought to you by the good people at the Rotor Street Journal. I am your host, Nat The Truth Jones. With me, as always, my able-bodied, robust, target hog, workhorse back of a co-host, the Wolf of Rotor Street himself, and we are on take three here of the intro. Now, generally, when we do three takes, it's it's probably on me. I, I butcher something. Not the case. I've been I've been solid. I've been solid. I've been running Antonio Brown like routes. But we had to start this thing over because the wolf butchered my 52 reference. I say, what do you think of when you think of the number 52? If you want to go football, who do you think of 52 when you think of football? Oh, well, now, now that I get a second to compose myself, I, yes, you're right. I've been throwing Ben Roethlisberger, like, air balls over your Antonio Brown routes that you've been feeding me. But 52, you got to think of Ray Lewis, right? No, I was right? saying Ray Lewis is okay. the guy I would have thought of. I said initially a deck of cards, but Ray Lewis is the 52 that comes to my mind. Also, Ben Roethlisberger over Antonio Brown, not the best comparison. I think a better one would be let's talk about Monday Night Football. Uh, oh. Did you see the game Monday night? Did I see the game Monday night? I had, if you don't remember my dilemma, I had to get. Oh, I do points. actually. Yes. Uh, 12 points out of Alex Collins and Jeremy Macklin, and they had to outscore Mike Wallace. You lost, so. right? Oh, God, I lost. I only lost by three because. And Collins had a touchdown early. Collins did great. Collins was rolling. He got what he needed to do. Jeremy Macklin got 1.1. Scores three more points. Two more catches. I just need two more fucking catches, Jeremy Macklin. I've never believed what in Jeremy usage. Macklin. I've never believed in the guy. Uh, we, had, we had somebody on. Who was, our, who was the Chiefs guy we had on uh, earlier? And uh, like Chris early, Clark. Yeah, yeah. And he was like trading Macklin was like a, a horrible mistake. He's going to be great. I, I never believed in Macklin. Uh, but let's talk shit. about a guy. You know, when you're talking about throwing balls over somebody's head or just generally speaking being a terrible, terrible quarterback, let's talk about Tom Savage. Because oh, he threw – I mean, I thought the first interception he threw was one of the worst interceptions I'd seen all season until I saw the last one. Um, I mean, that, that, I mean, you know, a great defensive stop by the Texans, uh, defense, who, which, yeah. I mean, what a, what a good defense this is. They're playing without JJ Watt. They're playing without Merciless. These guys are still a really, really good defense. And they, they, I wouldn't over exaggerate. I mean, they were facing the Baltimore Ravens of led by the hapless Joe Flacco. Like they, okay. they've been getting burned routinely. Okay, they're 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 at least an okay defense. You're right. Okay. I shouldn't oversell them. They're not as terrible as you would think a defense would be losing like two of their best three players. Um, and I mean, also let's just keep in mind that their quarterback is not exactly keeping them, you know, off the field. Okay, right. this this defense is not. No one's doing any favors for these guys, and that deep that after that nice defensive stop, that interception that that guy threw with maybe God like what like two minutes ago, I was like, that's one of the worst passes, and you could see how pissed DeAndre Hopkins was. Oh, I mean, of course, that that guy is a competitor. <laughs> 
the fact that he's still competing at the level that he is, I mean, every single week he's had double-digit fantasy points every single week, even with Savage as quarterback uh, since he took over. So, I mean, the guy's an absolute baller, so competitive. As a true, as a fantasy owner, my first thought is like, now, great, thank you, Savage. I don't get overtime for a chance for like Macklin to maybe get his head out of his ass and catch a ball. That, that's the obvious one. Um, so it, it's it's brutal, though. I, I'm pissed because now I'm definitely down to the dumps of uh, – I'm in 11th still – and if the uh, last place, the current last place finisher wins and I lose and he outscores me by 10, then I'm in some trouble. I'm going to be naked posing. Well, all right. That, that'll be interesting. I mean, you said, <laughs> you said DeAndre Hopkins has been double digits even with Tom Savage. I mean, you're, yep. un, you're underselling the guy. I mean, he's, he's been unbelievable. He's average. I mean, his, here's his PPR numbers for the four games he's played with this guy. 20, 19, 17, 20. Um, he's averaging 100 yards a game. He's averaging um, about six catches a game. And, I mean, and he's got two touchdowns in those four games. The uh, He's number two in PPR points with 20.5, and his average with Savage has been like 19.8. So, I mean, th- this is a great player here, and he is dealing with a terrible, terrible quarterback. We argued a little bit about Hopkins and Thielen last week. Thielen right. had another pretty good, uh, another pretty good game, like eight for eighty or something like that. Good game, exactly. Yeah, no, they're they're both beasts. I think that might be one of the the better recommendations we've made on the year is when when Watson went down and everybody's panicking and saying you got to sell the uh, the the Texans receivers. We said Fuller's going to be tough to to trust now moving forward because he we were right about so much that, on, and we were right <laughs> right about that. He needs the big play. He needs the mobility, the the broken play to get open downfield. But we did say Hopkins is still our number two guy, and we're not selling him. In fact, if the owner's freaking out, then then go on and buy Hopkins. That maybe makes up for our bad Kareem. Hunt hold call, which still, I mean, that was impossible to know he's going to come off the cliff. But yeah, we, we always stayed strong with Hopkins. Even this week, he's ranked by the expert community as the number six receiver facing a very burnable Texans defense. I don't get it. He's my number two guy. Only The only guy I can ever rank above him right now is Antonio Brown, and that's kind of obvious. I, I don't get it. I don't get why the disrespect's still coming. That's one of the biggest mysteries of fantasy right now. Why does nobody believe in Hopkins when, like you said, you rallied out those stats? The guy's been an absolute monster regardless of who's throwing him. I, a- I understand why people don't believe in him. And I mean, it, it's not him. It's Tom Savage. I mean, and and I, I mean, yeah, but our instinct, remember, when this happened, like your instinct, and I backed you initially was, oh, let's put him down at seven. And then the more we talked about it, we were like, shit, he should probably actually still be two. And exactly. we were and we were right. But that was our knee-jerk response. I think most people probably don't get past the knee-jerk response, and they just think, all right, he's a great receiver, he has a terrible quarterback, blah, blah, blah. Uh, He's he's still a top two or three guy. Uh, But man, 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 Tom Savage is just an awful quarterback. He's just a terrible player. Uh, It was tough to watch. I'm sorry you lost your game. I know that that was uh, probably a tough pill to swallow. Mm -hmm. We've got a pretty fun podcast coming up. We're going to have Jimbo Slice, obviously, to do our weekly DFS stuff. Um, and we are going to take some mailbag questions, and we're also going to welcome back Derek Brown. Is that right? Yeah, Derek Brown's back, a, a good friend of the pod, a, a hilarious guy, but even better fantasy mind. Uh, he, he, we got some burning questions, the the five burning questions of week 13 and beyond. I think that's going to become like a new weekly segment where we, we welcome on experts and discuss that, and we, we wanted to make sure we extended it to our, our main guy, Derek, first to get him on and get his insight. Some huge things, Josh Gordon coming up, Jimmy Garoppolo going in, uh, t- tons of just burning issues that we cannot wait to address that are crucial for this week and beyond, so we're thrilled to have him back on. 
on to join us. All right. We're trying to get out of here so we can watch Survivor because it's getting down to the nitty gritty uh, today. This is, of course, we're recording this Wednesday night. So without any further ado, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to bring back Jimbo Slice to talk about our weekly DFS action right after this. Here comes the money. Hey, everybody. We are back. Uh, we're welcoming Jimbo Slice to the show. Jimmy, uh, what's your Roto Street Journal League status right now? Where are you? I mean, because I've heard it's just a mess in that league right now. Uh, I think I'm sitting in sixth place right now. Oh, okay. I'm, uh, I think I'm six and six. Oh, wow. I'm also, spoiled yeah. that ass this I'm week, also six Pretty, and six, uh, but I'm a terrible yeah, six and six. I'm, I'm trying to hold on to a playoff spot, and I know I have to play the Wolf this week, so uh, oh, I'm looking to pull the big-time upset and you know clinch a playoff spot. I don't think uh, you've eaten the Wolf I'm is really an upset thing. at this point. I think the, the Wolf is reeling. The Wolf's like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He, Dude, uh, losing Watson was the worst possible thing for that team, and in four out of five leagues, just god awful. Fancy gods hate me. I'm just wondering if there's a chance you're going to be hoisting the trophy again, because I mean you've been, you've been a proud champion for a year, and uh, That's true. Know, obviously I'm not going to be returning to the championship game, and obviously the Wolf's <laughs> not going to be returning. Maybe CJ not. Not obvious. There's a shot I can squeak in. I got to outscore Jimmy by like 30 points this week, so if I blow that ass out, then it could totally happen. Well, good luck, Jimmy. Um, DFS. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm not pulling for the wolf in that particular game. <laughs> I, I can tell. Yeah, I know. There's there's subtle hints you can pick up on if you've known me long enough. Um, all right, let's talk quarterback. Who you got at quarterback this week, Jimmy? I like Josh McCown this week. Uh, he's 5,500 at home against the Chiefs. Chiefs, they're free falling. Um, very bad against uh, pass defense. They've given up the 25th uh, highest points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. So I like McCown. He looked good last week against Carolina and um he's showing he can throw the deep ball he's got the weapons now with Anderson and uh curse so I like him at home against the Chiefs and for only 5,500 I think that's really good value yeah 300 yards three touchdowns last week against Carolina I think and yeah like you said Robbie Anderson turning into a legitimate weapon Wolf how do you counter the McCown quarterback move Tough to counter. I absolutely love it. We talked about him at length on our Monday show, Nat, and and he's become matchup proof, which I would never think in a million years I'd ever say about a thing named Josh McCowan, but he really has. He's got over 22 in three of his last six, hasn't dipped below 16 except for one time in that span. So I love the play. I didn't even realize he was only 5,500. So Jimbo now has him on my radar. I had to go even cheaper, but I might maybe cut on my defense because I don't love my defense so I can get McCowan. And I went cheap and went Brett Hundley coming off a three touchdown day wow. facing the Pathetic, like pathetic it. Tampa Bay defense at home. I, th- I think he's finding his groove. He's got mobility. He can score on the ground. He threw three TDs last week. 5,100 is as cheap as it gets at quarterback. So I think he's got a lot of upside at that price range. But that being said, I think I can find 400 bucks somewhere in this lineup to get in McCown. And I like McCown's my quarterback seven of the week. I, I love him. I think it's a great matchup and he's on fire. So I'm going to try to work him in. But right now I have Hundley. All right. Who's your top running back, Jimmy? Uh, my top running back is Leonard Fournette. Uh, they're going against Indianapolis, notorious uh, bad, notoriously bad against the run defense. Um, he missed their last game they played against the Colts, but that was a game where TJ Yeldon went ham and Chris Ivory did work as well. So I can only imagine what a healthy Fournette will do. He saw 20-plus um, carries last week, so it looks like his ankle's fine, and you know they're still pushing for a playoff spot. They're going to punish the Colts on the ground, and I like Fournette a lot this week. Wolf? 
I, I'm rolling just a little cheaper for my top guy. I got Jordan Howard against San Fran. It goes without saying just how bad San Fran is against the run. The first uh, most points allowed to, to running backs. He's coming off a bum week, so maybe he might be a little lesser owned, but they're, they're going to roll. San Fran will roll. I mean, uh, Jordan Howard's going to stream roll as he has pretty much all year. He's kind of been an underrated asset, someone we weren't really high on, but he's looked good all year, and I think he could have his best game of the season against a pathetic San Fran defense. Well, if Jordan Howard rushes for 200 yards this week, that'll give him 206 combined yards over the last two so um we'll keep our eye out for that one jimmy who's your rb2 this week uh Dion lewis so since buffalo traded away marcel darius um their run defense has been abysmal and lewis has been the guy that's been turning out the yards each week burkhead's been stealing the touchdowns but i'm hoping you know Dion can you know squeak at least one out and you know he's if anyone's going to go over 100 yards and get that uh three point bonus for you it's going to be Dion. so Patriots are rolling. I like Dion in this spot, especially against a weaker Bills front seven. Well, if you've been going cheaper so far over the first two, are you going cheaper than Lewis, or, or are you are you outspending Jimmy on this one? Very similar logic, but I'm going the cheaper option. That's Rex Burkhead. So 500 bucks cheaper. I love Lewis this week. There's no Hayden on him. I think he's my RB8. I think he's an RB1. Moving forward, he actually – I saw a stat. CJ posted this on our Instagram that – over the last like six weeks or something of that nature, that in total yardage, it's like uh, Alvin Kamara, uh, AB, like Le'Veon, and then Deion Lewis is fourth in the league over like the last like half of this, the season. He's oh, been absolutely like crushing five. it. So. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's something like insane like that. So Lewis has been an animal, um, and I can't disagree with that. But like you said, Jimmy, the guy getting the touchdowns and the the six-point bonuses on those is Rex Burkhead. Uh, I think Buffalo, both those guys are going to feast. Both those guys are going to eat. I think they're both RB1s this week. I'm just going to take the cheaper option because I needed to save up because I'm spending at receiver this week. All right, wide receivers. I'm going to put three of them out there. But let's just say, I mean, there were probably, what, 10 11 wide receivers last week that had huge, huge games. And mm-hmm. I I'd, probably, if you were a guy that was winning big money on DraftKings, you might have been someone who picked like a Robbie Anderson or or something like that. Probably a and lot a of Julio people. Jones. Well, Very Julio, good. sure, sure. You didn't win if you didn't have Julio. Well, actually, uh, Bill Simmons, uh, rival podcaster Bill Simmons, uh, won his week without Antonio Brown or Julio. Uh, he had Robbie Anderson. He had a couple guys like that. Probably that a lot of other people didn't have. Who are you rolling when he out? Says as- win. What did he win? Is like fucking like loser five people like college buddy league. Like come on. Maybe he said he, he said he won eleven hundred dollars, which to him is like us winning like a quarter. But uh, uh, eleven hundred is pretty awesome. Yeah, actually. it's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. Jimmy, Take it back. Take Jimmy, it back. who's your top receiver? Uh, Wolf's boy, Mike Evans. Uh, oh, I love that. Really? I love that Winston's back. They're playing the Packers, who are just terrible secondary. Uh, I think yep. once you put that connection back together, Evan's going to go off like we all expected him to, and uh, how he did last year. And the fact that he's only seventy one hundred, I feel like you can't not have Evans in your lineup this week. Wolf. I cannot have him. I have Evans in mind, too. I agree. Julio had his his Julio effort of the year, and I do think it's Mike Evans' turn. I could see 30-something points coming out of Mike Evans, 152 TD, one of those monstrous days that you've all been waiting for. It might be a little too late for some owners if he's buried him at this point, but for us DFSers, 
I think Mike Evans has a huge one. I have also got DeAndre Hopkins as my more expensive option, but only 7,300 for Hopkins, I think is a complete joke and a complete undersell. The guy's been over 20 points pretty much every single week. We just rallied off the PPR stats, Nat. 39, 20, 21, 17, 22. I mean, why is he 7,300 in a joke matchup versus the Texans? I mean, the Titans? Beats me. I have no idea, but I have Evans and Hopkins, and then I round it out with Robbie Anderson, who we Ooh. just also were talking about. Unbelievable stud. Gets the f- most points allowed to uh, wide receivers in Kansas City and coming off a 35-point day. And in general, just absolutely dominant. 35, 18, 14, 25, 12. The guy's been a monster. So my receiving core is pretty stacked, and I don't hate my running backs with Jordan Howard um, and Rex Burkhead either. So I like the squad. I think it's a pretty deep one so far this week. Jimmy, do you are you tempted by the Josh McCown, Robbie Anderson stack? I'm very, very tempted. Um, I could very well still put Anderson in my lineup, but aside from Evans, I got Devontae Adams on the other side of that game. Um, Love that one. If, if yep. I had Brett Hundley, that would be a great stack there. He's been Hundley's go-to guy. And mm. the Bucks just the Bucks are awful on defense as we saw last week. So I love Adams. What's and Adams' I'm, price range, Jimbo? Do you remember? He's sixty five hundred. Yeah, see, Anderson was sixty three, so that's why I, I I was looking at both those guys and I couldn't decide. And we kind of went the opposite. I have a Hunley and yeah, I have you guys Anderson. need to swap your receivers here because right, yeah, <laughs> to stack them up. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Interesting. Who else you got? Uh, I had to do a little flexible spending here with my last guy. So I got Cordero Patterson. Oh, three, nice. Four. I, I don't hate it, especially with Crabtree. I don't either. Suspended and Cooper's dealing with a concussion. So, I mean, Carr's got to throw to somebody. Giants are bad. Patterson, I feel like he's the sexier play over Seth Roberts. You know, he's got the speed. I feel like he's more of a playmaker. So if anyone's going to break off a big play in the Oakland offense, I'd I'd hope it's Patterson. How much is he again? Sorry, I missed 34, the I think he said. 34. 34 is great upside for him, yeah, because the Giants are just so abysmal at tackling, too, and nobody's a bigger tackle-breaking machine than Patterson once he has the ball in his hand. I mean, we saw that with the, the Vikings. He just exploded off screens in and out. So I, maybe they, they structure a game plan that's built around him. I think Patterson's a great play. One of my favorite um, you know, flex options this week, too, for desperate owners that need streamers. So I'm glad you brought his name up. I'm a big fan of Patterson this week. All right, let's talk tight ends. Who you got at tight end, Jimmy? I had Hunter Henry in there for the longest time, but now I got Jared Cook in there, so I got two Raiders receivers. Um, I've been trusting the process with playing tight ends against the Giants. (laughs) Uh, Vernon Davis kind of let me down last week with a big goose egg, but I'm hoping Cook this week, similar reasoning, limited, uh, limited receiving options for Oakland, so... Cook, he's had his spots here and there, and I mean, it seems like a great spot to for him to come back to normal. All right, I like Cook also. Who do you got, Trickoff? Wolf. And I, <laughs> I like Cook as well. He's my guy too. No other options to throw to. The the easiest matchup for tight ends. It seems like a, just a no brainer there. Fifty four hundred price range. Great price for Cook. All right. Uh, last but not least, uh, well, actually, let's go flex, and then we'll talk defense. Who you got at your flex, Jimmy? You go thrifty here, or did you spend big? A little thrifty. I got Jamal Williams at four seven. So uh, Aaron Jones and Ty Montgomery both missed practice, so I'm assuming that they're not going to play, and Williams is going to be the go-to guy again. Um, I know I have Adams in the lineup, but Williams had 20-plus carries last week, and he got a little receiving work in, too, so... If he can keep up that high usage and maybe score a touchdown on top of it, uh, he's a great bet to outproduce his 4,700 salary. Mm. 
All right, Wolf. And I'm rolling with the crow, forty one hundred. Really? Nothing sexy about it. Nothing, nothing sexy, sexy at all. About it. Nothing sexy at, at his, all. Let's look at his last five: 11, 20. 8, 16.5, 1.8, 11.5. So no, definitely no sex appeal there. But at the end of the day, I, the, the upside against the Chargers defense giving up the fourth most points to running backs, they're going to need to try to pound the rock to keep that offense off the field um, uh, for the uh, the Chargers, how explosive they are. So I think Crow could be a sneaky play, maybe stumbles into the end zone twice. Uh, he's got some sneaky upside, I think, this week. Could end up being Cordero Patterson uh, so I can save up and get McCown at QB or upgrade my defense. But right now I got the Crow and I'm feeding him. All right. I mean, it's it's an unsexy bar pickup, but your logic isn't bad. Um, let's close things out with defense. Jimmy, who are you rolling out? I have to go with the Chargers this week. Uh, one of the NFL's best pass rushes. They got an elite cornerback. You're facing Deshaun Kaiser, who's probably the most turnover-prone quarterback in the NFL. And the Chargers are at home. So I feel like this is a as chalky a play as you might find at the defense spot, and it makes too much sense. I mean, mm-hmm. the Chargers are hot. They're playing Cleveland. I don't see how I could have anyone other than them in my lineup. Well, if I know you don't like your defense, you alluded to that earlier in the segment. Who you got? Yeah, so right now, because and I, the reason I don't like them is I think there's two options this week that are real threats to score like 25, 30 points. One of them being the Chargers for all the great reasons Jimmy said, the way they're generating the pass rush, the way they're t- turning off the ball over. I think they got 19 in a couple straight. They've been, they've been crushing it, and there's no reason that's going to stop this week. I really think they could score 25, 30 points, so I want to get them in. Um, the other defense that I think is going to explode is Jacksonville against Indy at home. I mean, Jacksonville's defense has already been elite, and then you see this offense completely sputtering. So that might be the only way to like direct yourself away from the Chargers and still get 25, 30 points in case that defense doesn't do great. Right now, I'm at the Lions with 3,000, which is obviously way less sexy, uh, but they're facing the awful Joe Flacco, the awful Ravens offense. They've They're not a great defense. Defense. They've been very opportunistic, and they have a couple 17-point, 14-point, you know, a, a couple big games on their resume, but it's all, also been, I think they got exposed last week against the uh, the Vikings that they're not good. They've been holding, holding on by a thread. I don't think the Baltimore Ravens are equipped to expose them any further, so if I have to stay down at 3,000, the Lions are going to be the play just for the upside they bring to the table. All right. Love it, guys. I'm pulling for both of you, although I'm pulling a uh, more accurate way of saying it would be I'm pulling for Jimmy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's one of my but favorite. D- Daily Fantasy, you're pulling for both of us, right? I'm pulling for money. both of you and Daily yeah. Fantasy. Sure, I hope you both yeah, win both big. we both want money. I, I, I want you both to win big. That can only help the Rose Street Journal. In the head-to-head, cool. I'm, you know, one of my favorite lines ever on The Simpsons is the one where Homer goes to space and the guy comes out and it's between him and his buddy Barney to see who gets to go to space and the guy comes out and he goes, all right, it's time for the decision. He goes, and in a way, you're both winners, but in another more accurate way, Barney's the winner. So uh, that's kind of <laughs> how I'm pulling for Jimmy on this one. Um, Fair enough. Fair all right, enough. thanks for joining us, Jimmy. We're going to get Derek Brown in here um, and we're going to ask five burning questions um, right after this. We are back, and I am thrilled, beyond thrilled, actually, to welcome Derek Brown, Fantasy Football 24-7, back to the podcast. He's getting a little loosened up. He's taken one shot that I know of, 
But uh, you know, that was just that was just like while we were with him. I mean, there could have been five, six more beforehand, and there might be a few while we're on the air. How you doing, Derek? I mean, I'm pretty good. Yeah, you're about right. Uh, there's one that you know of. There's also a uh, four pack that you don't know about. So, <laughs> well, you know. except I do now. Uh, <laughs> well, now you do, but I'm not gonna. Well, at least some mystery to to be had. I, I won't tell you about the uh, the end game one, although we we are on video, so y'all can't see me. So oh, I can <laughs> never mind. The mystery is gone. Never mind. <laughs> I know. The mystery is totally <laughs> gone. Well, Derek, I got a question to start out, which is all right. Let's just here's a little hypothetical. Let's say you go to the bar, you pick up a, a woman. She's nice looking. Um, you don't know her though, like you've never met her before. Uh, you guys go home, you you do your thing. This is in a world where you're not married and you're allowed to do stuff like this. Um, and then you know you, you do your thing, and then a couple of days later, uh, you're trying to pee, and you get this sensation that is uh, I don't know. It's 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 not a great sensation. Uh, what would you call that sensation? I would call that a uh, blank sensation. Oh shit, I slept with a Falcons fan. Close. Close, <laughs> close. That you were actually this close. Uh we were actually looking for burning. We were looking for burning, <laughs> oh, Derek. Oh, sorry. Um, sorry. I I thought you were going with a more extrapolated answer. No, here. no, no. I'm I'm a I'm a pretty lowbrow guy. This is what I was going I was going for the word <laughs> burning. And uh of course, that is my lead-in for Burning questions. Five burning questions, although I'm not sure if there's five, but let's say ballpark five burning questions. Um, and of course, the first burning question I'm going to put out to both Derek and the Wolf. Um, and we'll start with you, Derek. Uh, next one, we'll give you first, Wolf. Derek, okay. Josh Gordon will return to an NFL field for the first time in over three years and sober, sober, this is the key, for quite possibly the first time ever. <laughs> Hugh Jackson plans to ride his stud, stating, and this is a direct quote from uh, 1-25 career record Hugh Jackson, my plans for him? Oh boy, let me tell you, I got big plans for him. I plan for him to play and play as much as he can handle. That is a quote from a guy with a 4% winning percentage, if I've ever heard one. What do you expect from Gordon in his return, and is he playable for fantasy owners? What are your rest of the season expectations? Oh, God, man, look... And we got the news that that Gordon was coming back, and I, I mean, look, I, I was there, there. There are basically one or two takes, and people are either like, "Hell yes, pick him up, play him." I mean, Josh Gordon is an absolute stud, and I, I, I look, I'm not playing him this week. I don't care what the hell Hugh Jackson says, and and the horrible dismal Browns, and you have uh, Deshaun Kaiser, who I think is the bastard son of Jameis Winston. Um, <laughs> up there in Cleveland playing. I, I There's no part of Josh Gordon that I want this week. I mean, Hugh Jackson comes out and says yeah, all yeah, this. Hugh I Jackson mean, hasn't earned the benefit of the doubt with you yet, Derek? No, no, no I mean, that's what he's going to like I Adam Gates saying that to the something. Bank, you know, you, oh, I mean, look, first of all, like you're saying, what, what – what are we what kind of stock are we going to put in what the hell Hugh Jackson says? I mean, that's like if you're going to listen to Adam Gase and take that as uh, as Bible lore, or you're going to listen to uh, the ramblings and mutterings of Chuck Pagano. I mean, which, shit, I, I don't even know what that guy's on, but give me some of it lately. Um, but it, it, for Josh Gordon, I, I'm not going to play him. I, I'd say, fine, if you want to stash him then I'm not going to fault you for it. I mean, somebody's got to catch passes for the Browns. Do they? Josh Gordon, apparently. I mean, I hear that in the NFL you have to run and pass. So, I, I look, at least half of the game, 
Deshaun Kaiser throws it to his team. So on that half of the game, I mean, somebody's got to catch passes. If Josh Gordon is, I mean, the dude looks like he's still obviously in shape. He looks like he could like crush my skull inside of the, uh, the crease between his bicep and his forearm. So I, I, I venture to say that the guy's in shape. Now what the question is, is that, I mean, he hasn't played since 2014. The last time he was on the damn field, he wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, if you want to pick him up and stash him, I would not drop anybody that is worth playing right now over him. I mean, if you have just a super deep bench, then fine. But as far as people that are going to, you know, get on Twitter and rag people for, you know, rag Josh Gordon and, and the Browns for Josh Gordon putting up a, a just a crappy stat line this week. I mean, the, the, your expectations are absolutely out of whack. You you have no clue about reality because I don't see Josh Gordon just, you know, taking one to the to the house or putting up 150 yards or some ridiculous crap like that. Uh, so. Wolf rebuttal. So I, I'm gonna. I agree with a lot, and then I disagree a little bit. I agree that playing him this week would be pretty risky. You'd have to be digging pretty damn deep um, to have to play Josh Gordon. Like you said, he's been off the NFL field for three seasons now. So getting whether he's in actual shape or not, football shape is a completely different thing. So getting used to being actually hit and bouncing back up and running that takes some time. So I think he is a risky play, and I wouldn't want to start him by any means. If I'm desperate, though, let's say I'm like throwing out Marquise Goodwin or Josh Doxson or, hell, Sammy Watkins this week matched up against Patrick Peterson, I, I might just take the flyer and throw him in there. Where I disagree more, though, is I think he's an unbelievable stash. Whether it takes him a week or two to get going, if I'm a playoff-minded owner and I know I've made it, then there's very little that I wouldn't cut to have a Josh Gordon lingering on the bench. Like we mentioned, this might be the first time he's ever been sober on a field. I don't know if that's going to help or hurt him, but there is the case. I mean, this was a guy that led the league in receiving in only 14 games. The talent's absolutely astronomical when his head's on straight. It couldn't be on straighter than it is right now. So I think he has to be stashed. He's not a guy that can linger on any waiver wires. If he's somehow still out there in your league, he's got to be put on your bench. I wouldn't want to play him this week, but I also wouldn't even hate rolling him out um, just for the, the thrill and the exhilaration, especially if I'm a desperate owner and I just want to feel something for once in my life. <laughs> I, I, could throw, I could throw Josh Gordon out there. All right, well, we're going to move on to the next question, but I want to just say that the guy has probably never played a football game sober in his life. I don't want to sound like an idiot, but I don't know that that necessarily means he's just going to be great all of a sudden. Like, imagine if like you had always had a couple drinks to steady yourself. Like you say you were, a, you know, and like you were a surgeon, you want, you want your heart surgeon to have a couple shots of whiskey probably before they operate on you. And then, and then <laughs> and just the one day he didn't have me. any Come to on. steady his nerve. Like, you know, like, I don't know if you're somebody who's completely dependent on drugs and alcohol. I don't know. There, there's no guarantee that all of a sudden you're just going to be brilliant without them. And and let me say, I respect your opinion, Wolf. If you want to say like, yeah, I think he's going to do great and everything, that's fine. But I'm I'm damn sure hope that you're not putting any stock in anything that Hugh Jackson says. I hope you're coming no, to that, that decision on your own because Hugh Jackson the coach means nothing. The go ahead, Eric. Well, I can tell you want to say something. Go ahead. But but before we move on, I mean, the other thing that I think has to play into this somewhat is what hit the rest of his season slate looks like. I mean, this week they take on the Chargers. So who the hell matches up with uh, with Casey Hayward? Is it going to be Coleman? Is it going to be Gordon? Then you have the Packers who I mean, look, they're they're a pretty easy matchup as far as wide receivers go. The number four most points allowed. Yes, absolutely. That's That's a cake one. 
But the next two weeks after that, you have Chicago uh, in 16, and you have Baltimore and Jimmy Smith, who is no slouch at all. I know Hopkins manhandled him, but Hopkins is a whole otherworldly talent compared to Josh Gordon right now. And uh, so, I I mean, you know, I I just think – I think the the rest of the season slate, it's not like he's going up against the Texans and the Colts and – the rest of his slate is just all these teams that have absolutely just practice squad water boys playing on uh, defense either, though. Yeah, he's a all specimen. Right. I think what you mentioned, the schedule, like it's kind of lining up. Like He gets his feet under him this week. I don't know if I'd love to play him this week. Maybe we see four catches, 40 yards, but we see that he's still got it. Then I would probably definitely roll him out against Green Bay, number four most points allowed, and we'll see from there. But, yeah, I, I like the idea of seeing how he looks first, if at all possible. But like I said, if you need the rush, throw him in. All right, Wolf, uh, we're going to have to go a little quicker on this next one. Jimmy Garoppolo will be making his first start as a 49er this Sunday in Chicago. Uh, as we said you know, Monday during our rundown, you know, with his performance at the end of the last game, I'd say he's firmly established himself as the greatest 49ers quarterback of all time. Um, what do you expect for him in his debut, and what does he mean for the other important offensive pieces, chiefly Carlos Hyde and Marquise Goodwin? So did you want me to start off with this I one? I do, yes. All righty. Uh, so I love Jimmy G as a talent. Obviously, as a pa- Patriots fan, we've gotten a pretty extended look at him. Um, and I think he can sling it deep. He's got good mobility in the pocket. But he's going to need that mobility. That line is god-awful. I'm nervous about him. He's also hasn't proven too durable. He's going to take a beating. And that's what makes me most nervous about him as a just all, a standalone fantasy product himself. I- I'm nervous he could get injured early. Um, which which does limit his his appeal in my eyes. He's more of a bench stash still, especially if you're QB needy. I think there is upside because the talent's there. In terms of the other products, I, I think it obviously helps Marquise Goodwin. When you go from CJ Beathard or Beathard, I like to call him. CJ uh, Beathard, that's right. You know, <laughs> he's beating it hard every fucking time because he sucks. Uh, I don't even know if that <laughs> Dude, makes what sense. did you think? Of, what did you think of the the fans uh, cheering when he? Went down. I thought that was pretty classless. Oh, that was that, that was, was that was I mean, classless, on. man. I mean, you that know, was class. I, that was classless. Cool. That's, that's be, always something you see usually in Philadelphia. I mean, right, come right. on, exactly. Like exactly. you know, I don't want to be you know kind of pigeonholed uh, as like a CJ Beathard apologist, but at the same time, <laughs> I thought that was completely not okay. Uh, I agree. Ahead. Sorry, but Wolf. Mar- Marquise Goodwin, though, he's still very underowned, especially when we don't know what his potential could be with with Garoppolo. He's a guy I would love to stash right now. We've seen the deep speed. It's very real. He's been that whole passing game, 65 yards in four of his last five. So I- I'm very intrigued to see what he looks like. I could throw him out there in the flex if I'm desperate this week. Carlos Hyde, I don't see how it would hurt to have a better signal caller under center to take some pressure off. The thing is, is Beathard's been checking it down religiously to, to Hyde. I don't know if Garoppolo keeps with that tendencies. I'm not sure. So it could end up being a negative for Hyde as well if he's not. the he's, He led the team in targets a few weeks in a row. So I don't know if that continues with Garoppolo, a better signal caller in general. We'll see. What are your thoughts, Derek? So I, I see a lot of the same things. Uh, and actually, once we uh, you kind of sent me the outline, we started talking about things today. I, I, I went super stat nerd on this. Uh I think Jimmy is unfortunately going to be running from it for his life. I mean, you have San Francisco who is allowing basically uh, three sacks, a little bit over three sacks a game. Ooh. The only teams that are allowing more sacks per game in the NFL are Cleveland, Detroit, 
Denver, Green Bay, and Indy. So that's a pretty crappy company as far as offensive lines go. <laughs> so, I mean, look, I, I think he's going to be running for his life. I don't know. I, I like Jimmy G. I like him as a talent. I, But I, unfortunately, I think with the weapons around him, I think it's a push. I don't think that he helps anybody more than, say, Beathard, because he's not going to have time to really go through his progressions, you know. So Beathard's had some decent weeks. Uh, I think the other thing that really doesn't do Jimmy any kind of – it doesn't help him at all is that, I mean, he's been with the team for a few weeks, but he hasn't had an entire offseason, an entire season so far to practice, get that rapport, and really digest an entire playbook. So you got to believe that even as smart as the guy is, he's not going to know this entire playbook like the back of his hand, and all these things are just going to be absolute muscle memory. So with a guy that's not going to get a lot of time to go through his reads, process things, I mean, even if, say, the 49ers are working with uh, not a vanilla offense, but a slightly condensed playbook, because we all know Shanahan's offense is not an easy one to grasp by yeah. any means. I mean, there's a lot of literature out there to show that quarterbacks do better in their second year, much less not even like half a season in the offense. Right. So, you know, I, I I don't think that Jimmy's being set up for success here. I, I think that the 49ers have to throw him out there because they, they – look, they gave away, what, a second-round pick for him? Am I right on yep. that? Yep, exactly. I mean, so – you invested some some serious draft capital for some guys that really believe in draft picks. So they, they believe in this guy, so they got to see what they have in him. But, I mean, to say that he's being put in the best spot to really showcase his talent, I don't think that's the case. But um, I, I, I don't really think it affects Goodwin that much, only in the sense that Goodwin's what? At best, he's a bargain bin Deshaun Jackson light. I mean, yep. so – He's he's hit or miss. He's either going to like score a long touchdown or he's going to be absolute garbage for your team. So I don't see him as being really affected too much by this. I think Hyde. So like I was talking about stat numbers, I was really curious because my biggest concern about this, because Carlos Hyde, the 49ers have not always been in games, obviously, most of the season. So a lot of Carlos Hyde's value and what's kept him afloat, especially in PPR leagues, has been his pass game involvement. I mean, he's averaged eight targets a game with Beathard under center. And so what I was curious is you have Shanahan system, who obviously uses running backs in the pass game a ton, okay? You have Jimmy G, who's coming from a system with the Patriots that also uses the running back in the pass game a ton. I mean, basically, that's their wide receiver three. Okay, so I broke down uh, Jimmy's two starts last season with the Patriots. And running backs with the Patriots in his two starts averaged a 22% target share in those two starts. Mm. So Carlos Hyde, the crazy thing is that with the six games with Beathard under center, he has averaged exactly the same. He has averaged 22% of the target share. And so I actually think you have a quarterback that comes from a system that uses the running back in the passing game. He is going to a system that also does the same. He is devoid of weapons in the pass game outside of Carlos Hyde. And like we said, Goodwin. I, I don't I think it's a push. I think Carlos Hyde is still gonna be targeted in the passing game. I think and and this is crazy because before I broke down these stats and got on tonight, I was actually thinking the opposite just off the cusp. I was like, oh well Jimmy's gonna use his wide receivers, 
you know, right. Beathard's been checking down a lot. Well, the quite, yeah, I asked that question. Heard, right? but, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, so you but, don't see this moving the needle a ton. You think any sort no. of any sort of like, oh my gosh, Jimmy G's here. Let's let's react to this or overreact to this. You you kind of consider this business as usual in San Francisco. Yeah, I think it's just a push. I think the weapons around him, Carlos Hyde, tendencies, everything lines up to, for Carlos Hyde to not miss a beat. I really do. I think that Jimmy's a better talent. I think he has more upside than Beathard. But as far as like with the guys around him outside of Hyde, I mean, he's not being presented with the weapons and different options that Beathard didn't have. I think that the talent – just the system, there's a lot of different factors involved, but I, I really think that you're not going to see a whole lot of difference out of this. Right, I could be wrong. Let's talk. Well, sure, we could always be wrong, but I think your logic makes a lot of sense. Dak Prescott <laughs> has been dreadful since losing Ezekiel Elliott, scoring 13, negative 1.2, and 3.16 no. in those three contests. Is he droppable? Will this get fixed? And what does it mean for Des Bryant, who's been held under six uh, half PPR games in two of his last three. Um, what do you think? Let's talk um, Dak Prescott. You want me to lead off with this one? Yeah, hit it. Or you want to take this one, Wolf? I, I'll hit it. So I, I think at this point you can definitely drop him if you if you have a serviceable backup. Hey, that's um, my like, Roto Street it, Journal expert league quarterback you're talking about, buddy. So, just, <laughs> no, oh god, no wonder your team's been on such. My, my team's shows. not very good. It's off. And I don't think Dak's going anywhere fast. What makes me nervous is I thought it was more of a Tyron Smith problem. And Tyron Smith was back last week, and he still only got 3.16. He's getting really exposed. He's not going through progressions. He needs that run game to take the pressure off. And now that it's not there, uh, uh, there's no upside with him, I don't think. I mean, obviously, he has the rushing ability. There is some upside when you have Des Bryant to throw to. But both those guys, I know part of the question was, is Des Bryant, is there cause or concern? Absolutely. Uh, I, I don't think this gets fixed anytime soon without their the, it's clear Zeke's their heartbeat and this offense is not going to tick I think you can dr- definitely drop Dak and you're, you're better off streaming a guy like Blake Bortles this week who's, who's coming off a 23 point day and it's Indianapolis and his average like 19 points against him uh, there's tons of options out there that you could stream Josh McCowan fantastic option 22 in his last three all those guys uh, make more sense to me than Dak Prescott. The Wolf has always loved Blake Bortles, by the way. We knew he was going to throw in a, a, a kind of subtle pitch to pick up Blake Bortles. Um, here's my question before you answer this one, Derek. Um, would the Cowboys be better off right now with Tony Romo than Dak Prescott? Oh, God, man. And, I mean, I'm, say, uh, I'm saying Tony Romo, not like fresh out of the booth. I'm assuming he'd like, you know, like if he had been there the whole time. Uh, would they be better off? Um, just from a purely winning week to week, uh, perspective. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I am, I, I actually think they would. I, do too. I, I think that Tony Roma has a better, like, as far as pure passer and arm talent and stuff. I, I, I think that Romo, especially with, uh, the years under his belt and all that veteran savvy and moxie and stuff. Yeah. I think they could be better off with him. To tell you the truth. I mean, what do you think, Wolf? Yeah, I think your logic was spot on. But uh, do you do you cut Dak if you own him, Derek? What do you think? Oh, dude, look, I actually own Dak in uh, – well, one of those leagues is Dynasty. The other one is Redraft. So this week uh, I actually have a team where I have Stafford going up against the uh, – who are they playing? The Ravens? Yeah. And I have Dak on my bench, and I was like – I was crossing my fingers. I mean, I was crossing things, putting garlic around my neck. I mean, praying to whatever God that you believe in and and hoping 
Dear God, and I can't believe at week 13 that I would actually be saying this right now, but I was hoping and praying that I would get Case Keenum oh, yeah. on the waiver wire. Sure. And I, I agree. Which, that's absolutely insane. I mean, if you if you would have told me like the last time that we talked, I would be praying that I would have Case Keenum to start <laughs> this week. I'd have been like, "You're full of shit. You're crazy. Like that's absolutely insane." Like, I know what it's the like hell it's like smoking? praying to get smallpox or something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, I so I I actually put in for waivers, and I think Dak is absolutely droppable. Uh, I was hoping to get Case Keenum to start over Dak this week and actually Stafford. But um, what I was really curious, and this is uh, a little quandary, uh, would you start after his performance last week, would you start Brett Hunley going against the Buccaneers over Dak this week, Wolf? Yeah. Very interesting question. I um, so I, I have Dak at QB 20 and I have Hunley at QB 19, actually. So, yes, I would. And it's, it's close. It's very close. But I, I would. I'd feel just the ceiling of Hunley. We talked about Marley. He's my DraftKings quarterback of the week at 5,100. Um, I, I would. And to, to illustrate your point, the I, I think praying for Case Keenum is absolutely viable. He's my QB 9, actually, this week. So, I mean, 11 spots higher than Dak. He's legit. I mean, I don't know what you think. but uh, to I me, think he's, he's legit. Me, me and Nat were talking about this on our Monday show. Case Keenum, it's like that bad taste in your mouth from a bad Rams setup has everyone blinded to the fact that this guy's actually a good quarterback. He dominated in college. He's a good player. He's he's reined in his gunslinging tendencies, and he's, he looks unbelievable. Now he's at finally in a, a position to succeed. He's succeeding, and it's not surprising to me. So I, I think he's for real, and I, I agree with you. I would have been praying. to I would maybe even cut off my pinky if that's what it took to get Case Keenum in my lineup this week. Look, um, if I could to cut off a pinky, I absolutely would add. Unfortunately, in this <laughs> league, I'm like 10 and 2, so waiver priority, I am down on the yep. totem pole. It would have so. taken more than a pinky. You would It would have no, had to be yeah, like a forearm or something. I would have been uh, going Lance Armstrong uh, week 13 probably to get Case Keenum. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, but uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I would be going Hunley. I mean, I talked about him on waivers this week. Hunley is a guy that, you know, it's like, what do you think is going forward? Is it are we seeing a guy that is actually starting to, uh, you know, adjust more to the NFL? And because he's been on the uh, look, because he's been on the field more, are we seeing him adjust more, or is it just a, a blip on the screen? And I think it's more. I lean more towards adjusting. And the other thing around him is that he still has a great skill set around him. You still have Jordy Nelson, unfortunately, who he's not utilizing worth shit. But Jordy Nelson's still there. Devontae Adams. You still have great wide receivers around him. So the Buccaneers can't stop anybody in the pass right. game. So I am actually going to probably be streaming Hunley over Dak, if not dropping Dak for Hunley just this week. I, I would still play Stafford, though, over Hunley, I think. Yeah, I think I would, too. When you look Man. at it, Stafford hasn't, even in some tough matchups, he hasn't been under 17 fantasy points since week four. The guy's been unstoppably consistent, even in rough spots against Minnesota, against Carolina, against New Orleans when they were, you know, legit with Lattimore. So I, I'd have a hard time putting Stafford on my bench for Hunley, but definitely I'd put Dak on the bench for him. All right. Well, I'm worried about Stafford this week. I just, the Ravens have been playing great defense. Tough I think match, they're actually think. at home this week. And the other the other part about it that I really worry about with Stafford is that late late game uh, ankle injury. I'm worried about his mobility this week. Okay, interesting. All right, we are gonna um, go right to rapid fire questions to finish stuff off here. Um, 
All right, we're going to go back and forth with each of you guys. Uh, try to answer these uh, as quickly as possible. 30 seconds if you, if, you, if you need to elaborate, I hear you, but let's try to like run these down, uh, you know, PTI rundown style. Okay. Uh, with the fantasy playoffs on the line, we have a few questions to consider. First of all, and we'll start with you, Wolf, who is the most important handcuff in all of fantasy? I'd say James Conner, uh, the bell cow role behind Le'Veon Bell is – and that's just from the pure running back standpoint. But one guy getting completely overlooked right now is Tyrell Williams in Keenan Allen. The way he's lighting it up, Phillip Rivers is on his game. If Keenan Allen ever sat, suffered a catastrophic injury and you did not have Tyrell Williams, you'd be devastated right now. So I'd say James Conner and Tyrell Williams. Derek. Yeah, I, I look, I lean towards James Conner as well. The other huge handcuff that I would actually point out, because look, handcuffs are the biggest thing for me with the running back position. And so James Conner is my number one. My number two is probably, oh man, um, I'm actually going to lean Charcantric West. Me too. Um, uh, I, I think because, you know, despite all the struggles, Sarkandra Quest is a three down back. We've seen it be an RB1 in the past in Andy Reid offense. So if you have Hunt, you have to cuff him with West. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. All right, Derek, who is your favorite stretch run hero candidate who may have been quiet most of 2017 or even unowned for most of it, but is set to explode and win some people titles? Oh, man, it absolutely has to be Kenyon Drake. And I think you're going to see his wow. coming out party. Uh, for this this week going against Denver, I know they have a great run defense, but this guy is look Damian Williams. Despite we were talking about BS coach speak, Adam Gase said that Damian Williams is uh, out. He is day to day. He's day to day after his dislocated shoulder, which is total bullshit. Okay. Uh, I, I have a little bit of medical background, and everything I found said that uh, dislocated shoulder takes three to four weeks to heal, usually. Some of it's pain tolerance, but I think that Damian Williams could be done for the rest of the season. Kenya Drake is my stretch run hero and the guy that I think could bring a lot of people to a title. He has the seventh easiest playoff schedule for running backs. This is a guy that has been explosive. He came out of a big school in Alabama. He ran a 4 4 he has all the intangibles. He just needs the talent. I mean, he has the talent. He just needs the opportunity. And a guy that is going to see 15 to 20 touches every single game in the uh, Dolphins offense. What I, uh, so what was curious to me is, so you, you have uh, Drake and you have Williams who have been splitting touches every single game. And they've amounted to, uh, if you were to culminate this all into one player, which if I believe that Damian Williams is out for the rest of the season, which is what I think, that if you culminate this all into one player, the running back is beginning on average 22 touches a game, okay? You have Drake who, with the limited volume he's been given in the last four weeks since Ajayi was traded, he has been a top 24 running back on that limited volume three times out of four. And if you were to combine all of their production, which I think Drake can absolutely, he could have absolutely performed just as well as Damian Williams. They would have totaled up together as the number two running back in fantasy over the last four weeks at 91 points in PPR. So Drake is my run. He is my stretch run hero. He is my guy. He's the one that I think that if you could pick him up, which he's owned in less than 60% of leagues, pick him up, start him this week, especially if you're in PPR. Wolf, stretch run hero? 
Uh, so Didi Westbrook's been the guy I've been talking about time and time again. Explosive talent, seen 16 targets in only his first two games. So and who's throwing to him, pro- Wolf, real quick? Uh, Blake Bortles, my right, favorite just quarterback. Just checking. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> obviously, that's the potential cap to his ceiling, but I, I do think we're set up for a stretch run of epic proportions, third easiest playoff schedule among wide receivers. And the guy I have to shout out to, though, Ricky Seals Jones, his abbreviation, RSJ, fits perfectly for us. Our RSJ guy for the Cardinals, baby. Seven catches, 126, and two TDs in his last two games. Gets matched up weeks 15 and 16, especially if you have the week one bye, or the week 14 bye, I should say. If you have that bye, Ricky Seals Jones gets Washington and then New York in the last two weeks. Washington gives up the third most points to tight ends. New York is up the first. I think he could be set up for a special run out of, literally out of nowhere. I have no idea who the fuck this guy is, but his abbreviations RSJ, and he's got an easy cake schedule. Let's go with him. Stretch run hero, baby. That is Ricky sound Seals. logic if I've ever heard it, and I love that we got an <laughs> RSJ guy. Wolf, Real quick, uh, if not covered, give us a bold prediction or two. Uh, you know, let's not two. I want one. Give me a bold prediction. Um, you know, for the rest of the season, week thirteen and beyond, that you need to get out there into the world. And, and Derek, I'm coming to you next. All right. So I'm look. I'm looking at the uh, the Oakland Raiders this week with all the depleted pass catchers. Me and Jimbo, we kind of talked about this earlier, but Corderell Patterson breaks tackles like no other. I think he's going to get peppered with targets. And I think he's going to do some damage and be a, a flex hero this week. Derek. Oh, my God. My heart stopped a beat. I thought you were going to take my bold prediction. I was like, oh, shit, he just mentioned the Raiders. So my bold prediction for this week has to be that I think that Marshawn Lynch ends up as a top 10 running back this week. You have it going against the Giants, who are fresh off allowing 100 yards rushing to Samaj P. Ryan. They are middle of the road and allowing the 14th most points to running backs over the entire season. But that's a little bit, you don't, that doesn't tell the entire tale. They're 31st in rushing yards allowed on the season. And over the last three games, they've allowed 147 yards per game. You have Lynch, who totaled 29 touches the last game. And look, I think they take the old, mill, the old man training wheels off. I think that Lynch, with, they're kind of showing their hand here that Lynch, they've been saving him in this stretch run, especially with absolutely nobody in the past game outside of, like you said, Patterson, who who has the ability to break a big play, that they, they are going to run the damn ball this week. So Lynch is a guy that I like the rest of the season, and actually I love him this week going against the hapless Giants. And the guys that, uh, you know, their front office thinks that Geno Smith is the, uh, the answer. So, you know, how much faith do you have in that damn team? Great defensive stream. Uh, even this less week, than I had last week, and that and that was really saying something. Um, yeah, always a pleasure, Derek Brown, Fantasy Football twenty four seven. Thanks a lot for joining us, man. Hell, man, thanks for y'all for having me on. We got to talk some more football, especially in the off season and the next season. This shit was fun. We'll do it always again. Fun, you man. have my word. We'll do it again. Hell yes, love it. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Later, bud. All right, I know I said goodbye to Derek, but uh, it occurs to me that there were still one or two, you know what, not one or two, there was still one thing that needed to be said that wasn't, uh, which is that he's got something pretty cool, pretty important to pump up. So Derek, go ahead, I'll give you the floor. Look, I want to give a huge shout out to the entire football, fantasy football community. My son, uh, a few weeks ago, took part in a St. Baldrick's event, which anybody that does not know about St. Baldrick's, go check them out. 
uh, at stbaldricks.org. They're an amazing foundation. They they uh, raise money for pediatric cancer research uh, the entire year, all year round. And the thing that I love about them, uh, my wife and I actually organized an event uh, three years ago, and we raised ten thousand dollars for pediatric cancer research. They give to all hospitals and places, anybody basically doing any type of research to fight these horrible damn diseases, they are giving money to. And you can hit them up. You can host your own event in your own town at any time. They are a wonderful, wonderful foundation. Go check them out. Give them money. There are so many kids that that need your support in this fight every single day. My son... uh, a few weeks ago, uh, so in all these events, basically for solidarity, for symbolism, to show that you're in the fight, basically people shave their heads, and it's almost kind of like a relay for life kind of thing. Like you take bets, you take you take money and sponsorship to shave your head. My son, who is only eight years old, decided that this was the thing that he wanted to do. He has the biggest heart in the world, and he wanted to shave his head to show that he wanted to raise money to fight cancer in kids his age and he did it the fantasy football community all joined in i mean everybody all on twitter threw in money threw in support retweeted the hell out of it and he rated he raised six hundred dollars in one day like about an eight hour span and it absolutely blew me away man i can't say thank you enough to everybody y'all included for everything that everybody did to fight these damn horrible diseases uh, awesome. Yeah, uh, with you 100%. St. Baldrick's, everybody. Uh, and this is Derek Brown again. Um, sound like they're doing great work. Your kid sounds like he's, uh, you know, doing his part and then a little and then maybe a little more for an eight year old. So good job. Sounds like a good crew. Uh, you know, maybe one day down the road, maybe we can get the big four at the RSJ to all shave our heads. Um, I got probably a little less than you guys. So, oh, no, CJ, shit, that's like cheating. Uh, <laughs> hey, guys, guys already. <laughs> I don't have much on my head. I shave my beard that I've had for two years. That's how I show my support. So, you all know, right. I hey, hear you. We do what we can. We shave it where we got it. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, oh, man. All right. I don't know. That, that might have left too much open for interpretation. Well, we're, we're, we're an edgy <laughs> podcast, Derek. Um, thanks again for oh, coming awesome. on. Even better the second thanks, time guys. around. I appreciate y'all having me. I, I love it. All, All right. the time, man. All right, bud. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers, man. Thank y'all. Hey, I'm the mailman. I'm the mailman. Yeah, the real one. All right, we are back. It's great having Derek Brown, Fantasy Football 24-7, on the show again. Um, because we did a long segment with Derek, we're going to fly through the mailbag. And I mean fly because my wife is waiting for me. Um, <laughs> uh, first question. Running back to PPR, Doug Martin, assuming he plays, LeGarrette Blunt or C.J. Anderson? I'm going to go LeGarrette. He's a clear workhorse there, seeing 15 or so carries a week in the most explosive offense in the game right now. Go LeGarrette. You would take him if Doug Martin plays? Even if Doug plays, yeah. Wow, okay. Wide receiver two, and this is uh, due to the Crabtree suspension. I want to be clear because these are some pretty <laughs> awful choices. Uh, Martavis Bryant, Dontrell Inman, D.D. Westbrook. So that one definitely comes down to Juju Smith-Schuster's status. If we know that he's going to be out, it's Martavis and it's a home run. Right. Uh, otherwise, I'm going D.D. Westbrook. I think he's going to blow up against the, the Colts this week. Okay. Uh, Phillip Rivers, Jared Goff. That's the decision I have to make. It's a brutal one. Uh, I'm going to go Goff, though. I know the, the common play might be Rivers against Cleveland, but I think Goff's going to be the, the better passer this week. 
All right. Um, which is a more streamable play, Cordell Patterson or Seth Roberts, assuming Amari is out along with Crabtree? If you're streaming that badly and you're that desperate, you got to go for the upside, and that's Corderell Patterson 100%. I'm with you. Uh, this is from CJ. Should I pick up D.D. Westbrook and drop Corey Davis? I think so. At this point, Davis has had his chance to shine. He hasn't shown it yet this year, so I'm going D.D. I think he's only on the rise, and, and Davis has stalled out. All right. Uh, this is from Steven. Greg Olson or our boy RSJ? Is that supposed to say ASJ? No, it's Ricky Seals. Oh, RSJ, who you just referenced? I didn't know other people knew he was our boy. Yeah, Steven's a longtime fan, so Steven, we appreciate it. And I go Ricky Seals-Jones. He's our boy. You knew I'm going to say him. Greg Olson banged up, though. We don't know what he's going to do. He could flare up again and have one catch. Let's go RSJ the way he's rolling. All right, full PPR flex. Corey Davis versus Cordero Patterson. Let's keep the Patterson train rolling, baby. I'm, I'm high on him this week. Definitely. Let's do it. All right, uh, D.D. Westbrook or Josh Doxson for a flex? Mahan asked this one. I'm gonna. I'm a D.D. boy. You know this. I know Doxson's going to be the more popular play by most, but I'm going D.D. this week. Don't you love how a lot of the same names come up in all these questions? It's funny. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Rex Burkhead, Alex Collins, or Corey Coleman? I'm going the Burkhead, baby, facing Buffalo. That's getting destroyed on the ground by running backs week in and week out. The touchdown guy in New England, Burkhead. All right, Dave wants to know, crazy question, but would you start Rex Burkhead or Sterling Shepard over Golden Tate in a PPR league? 100% I would with uh, Tate matching up against the Baltimore secondary. He's been god-awful anyways himself because Marvin Jones is really the true wide receiver one there. Burkhead, for all the reasons I just said, definitely go Burke. Standard scoring league, non-PPR, rest of the season. Rex Burkhead, Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder. We got to go, Robbie Anderson. We yeah. projected those stats earlier, and he's just literally a low end wide receiver one at this point. So, Robbie Anderson, even those other two options are amazing. So, I don't know who else you could drop, but I, I like Robbie Anderson if I can only pick one of those three. All right, you got to drop one of these guys. PPR: Corey Davis, Corey Coleman. Uh, I'm going to drop Davis, just like all these questions. Like you said, same names keep popping up. Coleman's actually been shown a pulse, so he's actually shown a very heavy pulse. I know Gordon's coming back, so he could end up being a, a non-factor. But he's got you know eight points in every single game, half PPR, since he's been playing other than when he was hurt. So, yeah, Corey Coleman. All right, last but not least, this is from Justin, trying to get a playoff spot there. So I was wondering your thoughts. Baldwin at quarterback. Uh, Baldwin at quarterback. Who the hell's I don't know what that means. You think he means Wilson? Yeah, probably. <laughs> All right, what I was like, I don't know any Baldwin that plays quarterback. Let's assume he means Russell Wilson. Freeman and Latavius Murray at running back have two wide receiver spots in a flex. My options are as follows. Baldwin, who we already know is playing quarterback. Uh, Baldwin, Alshon Jeffrey, Golden Tate, <laughs> C.J. Anderson, Jarek McKinnon, Devin Funchess, Danny Amendola, Nelson Aguilar. Uh, Damn. Two wide receivers, one flex. So who are your top three guys out of there? CJ Anderson, we can obviously take off the off the list. Yeah, throw him into the trash. I think Amendola. I think been too Mc, I think McKinnon, you can take off the list. The, yeah, the way that if he's also if he has Murray, so you're not playing L Murray and McKinnon. No. So I would go Baldwin, Alshon, Jeffrey, and Funchess, assuming that Baldwin's not your quarterback. Uh, I would say if you have Russell Wilson, that connection makes perfect sense. Jeffrey scored, I think, five touchdowns in his last four, and Funchess is a bona fide wide receiver one these days. He's an absolute monster. So those three, and it's a no brainer for me. I think I agree with you on those three. Um, and that's going to wrap it up for episode number fifty-two, the Ray Lewis Pack of Cards edition. Um, <laughs> 
You got any social media you want to pump up, Wolf? I'll go fast because I know your wife's probably going to chop your head off after all this. Uh, but we got to go Roto Street Wolf, Snapchat and Twitter for me personally. If you want the, the main page for the site, Roto ST Journal on Snapchat and Twitter. And then Roto Street Journal, Facebook and Instagram. If you like what you heard, please give us that rating. Please tell us what we can do better. If not, we love to hear from you guys. We love the interactions going on and all the DMs. So keep hitting us up and get that week 13 win, baby. All right, my name is Nat The Truth Jones. And I'm The Wolf. Good luck, guys. See you later. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Straight ahead. Devlin, second effort, third effort, touchdown. Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.